Primary Care Knowledge Boost, introduction to the fellowship episodes. Hello and welcome back to Primary Care Knowledge Boost. So to fill you in a little bit on what's been happening behind the scenes, um, as many of you know, we started the podcast in our GP fellowship year about two years ago now with Wigan CCG. And then that continued um, after the fellowship year for the whole of Greater Manchester, covering mostly clinical topics um, for quite a diverse primary care audience. Yep, uh, it's mostly clinical, but we've done episodes around resilience, just opportunistically, having those links that the fellowship gave us. And we've done a whole series on COVID and we've done other episodes such as the one recently we're dealing with uncertainty and uh, one a while ago about portfolio working. As yeah. well. So we've been asked to support the education side of NHS England's GP and nurse fellowships in Greater Manchester. And we're really happy to get involved with it because without the fellowships that we did, we wouldn't be here doing the podcast. Um, so just to explain that fellowships are essentially a paid session of work that comes with mentorship and peer support and it allows you to have the space and gives you the links that you need to be able to do different types of personal and professional development and um, but we'll explain more about that in the episode yes exactly um, and we do think that the the topics that we're going to be covering in these kind of special episodes are going to be relevant not only for the the fellows in greater manchester and the rest of england um, yeah. but also the the wider primary care workforce so going forward we're still going to be releasing clinical episodes um, as well as these new episodes supporting the gp and nurse fellowships as well as additional roles in primary care as well yeah, so it's a, a broader look at general practice and it's yeah, really, really interesting excited. to get involved with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit like, because we did as part of our fellowship um, and there was first five teaching sessions that we went to and a lot of the themes are, are kind of similar, so leadership and quality improvement and things like that, but they're, they're done by amazing people as well, so they, they get you very enthusiastic about them. Yes. Um, and today we're going to be doing an introduction to the fellowship. So we're talking to Dr. Jill Tong, who's a GP, and she currently heads up the Greater Manchester Training Hub. And in the episode, she'll explain all about what fellowships are and what to expect from the upcoming episodes. Yeah, so we'll be back at the end um, to give you some more information. So would you like to introduce yourself for the listeners? Hi, so my name is Jill Tong. I'm a GP in Middleton at Peterloo Medical Centre. I'm here with my um, GM Training Hub clinical lead hat. I'm the clinical lead for the North East sector of GM, um, but I'm leading on the NHSE fellowships that the Training Hub is delivering. Um, so you're, like you said, you're leading on the fellowships, Jill. Do you want to give us a bit of an overview of what these are, who they're for, what they're all about? Okay, so the fellowships are for any nurse or GP new to general practice within the first 12 months of joining general practice. Um, And NHSE has basically broken them down into three sort of main areas where they will be offered a support and networking package, a learning and development package, and then portfolio working with their PCN. And that's the the main gist of the outline of it. And then we've broken it down further within GM into the different areas. So everybody joining the programme will have an induction. That'll be an induction within their practice, an induction within the PCN, and then a a GM induction, um, which in the current format will be virtual. And then every GP will have a mentor and every GPN will have a supervisor. So GPN meaning GP nurse, I was just 
double checking. Yes, sorry, yes. GPN <laughs> no. is a, a general practice nurse, sorry. No, not at all, just just in case. And um, I just wanted to check about the, the inductions that you were talking about. So when you say there's a PCN-wide induction, how does that, what does that look like? It, well, at the moment, it's sort of in draft format, format but the idea is very much that they um, meet their clinical director and attend one of the network meetings, start to understand how the PCN works. And within the, the GM virtual induction, there is um, a section on explaining about PCNs um, because particularly the nurses, it's whether they have have realised how primary care is set up. Hopefully the GPs through their training will have un- will sort of got that understanding. Um, but it's trying to set the scene of, of where we're going and, and the PCNs as part of the long-term plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you know how they came about? Kind of where did, where did they come from? What was the theory behind setting them up? <laughs> It's it is part of the long term plan. It is one of the things that they put in there, and it, and the aim is the recruitment and retention, um, because they know that burnout is probably highest in the first five years, and so the GPSTs come from a very structured, well supported three year program, and then are left sort of um, not to the wolves, but left to to sort of fend for themselves, and and probably don't appreciate quite how much that peer support on their day release was really beneficial Mm. um so so very much that and then obviously our our gpns often join as a as a career change maybe having had a family or not wanting to work weekends anymore and and the whole idea is to try and get undergraduate nurses to come out and see primary care as a first choice um, so that they come into general practice having had an undergraduate placement, having been aware that um, actually nursing in general practice is a career option. Um, so it's to entice them and then offer them support in doing that. Lovely. Um, I forgot after disambiguation of uh, GPN, I forgot to actually uh, ask, so PCN Primary Care Network. Yes, yeah. sorry, I'm do- no. I need to stop doing abbreviations, don't I? <laughs> no, I just, I fall into the habit definitely. So it's just, just in case there's sort of junior people listening that don't know what we're yeah. talking about. Um, but yeah, lovely. And it's nice for us to get to get that knowledge because even though you, you pick up bits from your GP training, it, you don't always appreciate the structure of, yeah. of primary care so yeah that's really useful can you give us a flavor of some of the plans or aims for the episodes that we're going to be covering so so the the podcast will cover the learning and development program um that needs to be covered as part of the fellowship and there is five main areas that we need to cover so there's practice management skills leadership skills quality improvement mentor supervision and coaching skills and then remote working the the mentor supervision and coaching skills will probably lend itself more to a face-to-face or virtual kind of format um but the other areas that we thought the podcast would be a nice taster session to to entice people particularly having spent many years as a training program director for the gpsts and labeling anything as leadership um, was always a, a an automatic turn off, um, so you had to disguise it. Um, so we were hoping that the particularly the leadership areas that we want to cover, we are going to base on the the leadership hype book um, that our Joanna Bircher and Amar Rugan have written. 
um, and and take you on the hike of a different leadership skills that you probably have already got but didn't realise you had and then those skills maybe to enhance them and develop them further and so the idea behind the podcast is that it's something you can listen to on the way home or um, in the bath or mowing the lawn or whatever you want to do and then if you've decide that actually you'd like to do that in more depth then we'll have some masterclasses and at the moment they will be in a virtual format but then they'll go into something in more depth yeah yeah it's really nice to be involved in the in the kind of learning and development stages of this especially kind of having been through some of the fellowships but not having necessarily covered all of this teaching as well so yeah oh that sounds really good so that's where the podcast's will fall in uh, Mm -hmm. to work alongside the fellowships and what other support or aims are there for the fellowship alongside the episodes and the the master classes that you've mentioned as well so under under the heading of support and networking as well as an induction and a mentor or a supervisor depending on who you are um there is peer support so for the gps that can be in the form of a, a first five group or an action learning set the next gen gp which is done via the rcgp we're just about to um get that back on track for Manchester after um, it was originally stopped because of COVID wave one. And then for the nurses, there will be the same thing as the GPs have with peer support, um, because that's um, something that's probably something more unusual um, as quite a few places in GM already have um, the first five groups for the GPs. We will have um, some nurse ambassadors and nurse mentors for each CCG that will help support that and help facilitate that um, so that then they've got that peer support. And that, that might be just in the form of a WhatsApp group. It, it might be an action learning set. Um that's very much for each CCG area to decide what suits their needs and how they best feel that peer support would help them. And then the, the final bit of that support and networking section is coaching. So the guidance from NHSE says all participants will have access to six one-hour sessions with a qualified coach at one or two points over the course of the two-year period looking at personal and career development. So we very much envisage this will be something that in the second year of the fellowship um, that we will sort of home into because the first year, by the time you've done your induction and you've got your mentor set up and your peer support, um, we we thought that probably was quite enough uh, to have. So this will be something in year two that we'll set up. Perfect. Um, and then I have a two-parter um, <laughs> for you. Uh first one is um is this available if you're working in every ccg across greater manchester um and then the second part is obviously we have listeners that are outside of greater manchester across the uk do you know if there's similar fellowships happening across the uk so this is this is open. This is um, I don't know what happens in Scotland and I don't know what happens in Wales, but this is to every every newly qualified GP or GP nurse across the whole of England. It's not limited. It is accessible to everybody as long as you're in the first 12 months of becoming and um, joining general practice. So you have to be in the first 12 months. Yeah. 
Yeah, there is there is some wiggle room if you've been poorly or been on maternity to, to leave to give you a little bit longer in that that window, um, and it's own. But you have to be in a substantive post, so it's not available to locums, but it is available to salaried GPs and anybody in that tw- first twelve months. If you're joining a partnership, you can access this program as well as the new to partnership program, so you can access both. Um, so I guess just to clarify then this is the this is obviously the one that we're talking about today is the way that Greater Manchester has approached the fellowships but I'm guessing that other areas are going to be doing different sorts of things yes so so there there is slight variation the basic outline is the same and every area has to deliver those um, five learning and development areas we're the only area in the northwest that are doing the podcasts the Cheshire Mersey and Cumbrian Langs who we've we've worked with as well developing their programs they're doing more of a structured um, learning program and we'll evaluate at the end of 12 months um, to sort of see which was the preferred way or whether a blended version um, will end up being the way forward. Um, But this is the first year of it. So we're just testing the theory um, at the moment. Yeah, Yeah. especially in the current climate of um, COVID. Yes. (laughs) Working quite well. (laughs) So if we're a GP, GP trainee in our final year, uh, which is when we started thinking about the fellowships. Is that that's the kind of year where you're sort of thinking, what what's next for me? And you're kind of looking at, um, do I want to be a salary GP? Do I want to be locum? Do I want to be a partner? And all those types of things. Um, what would you say? I mean, for us, definitely the advantage of of going into the fellowship was that that element of peer support. How do, how does this help? What what would you say? I mean, I think I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Even um, twenty odd years ago, um, when I first became um, a GP, um, I was very lucky in my practice that they sorted out for me to have a mentor, someone outside of the practice, um, and that was a little bit historic because they didn't keep female GPs very long in my practice, and that was the the rationale that they wanted to support me. Um, but I was. And, and we also had in, in our practice the opportunity to do um, an education programme um, in, 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 for the first two years. So ironically, the, the gist of this is what I got offered 20 odd years ago. And I think it's, I think it's brilliant to transition from, from being, for the GPSTs particularly, in a, a very supportive environment with that, that one day a week um, peer support as well, um, to coming out into the real world of, of general practice and the pressures that they were probably protected from as a, as a GP trainee, I, I think this is absolutely a, a fantastic opportunity and not to be missed. And and as for the, the GP nurses, you know, they have never had the opportunities that this programme gives them. So they will also get um, in Greater Manchester just for this year, um, because the, the rules have changed slightly, they will be given a what we call the GPN foundation course. And that is um, 30 weeks of one day a week looking at the RCGP GPN curriculum and going through each particular section. So making sure that they um, understand what the diabetic checks are and why we do them and those services that then link into it 
Um, they do contraception, obviously something that's very close to my heart. So they get me talking about contraception um, with my um, wonderful right hand woman, Lizzie. And, and that's so we've broken that down. And over 30 weeks, they get that, which is currently virtual teaching. They then submit a portfolio of evidence and have an OSCE. And this is accredited by Salford University so that we know then that all our nurses in primary care have have had the opportunity for education and training and and understand exactly what they're doing in primary care and why they're doing it and what support they need in order to do that so whether it's the IMS and VACs or the cervical cytology that's all included within their program yeah because that was going to be my next question so I'm a newly qualified nurse sort of talk me through yeah Yeah, perfect already done <laughs> <laughs> the, the nurses are slightly different in that they're super so so to be a nurse they, it's part of the nmc registration and their revalidation they have to do supervisor that they have to have that within their portfolio which i think is fantastic so it basically means all our nurses have to have some supervisory skills in order to be a nurse i think we need to do that for gps but mm. but as a consequence of that what will happen is all all our new nurses who are doing our GPN foundation course have um, a supervisor, but this will be in practice if if it's the practice has one, just because of the type of work that they're doing and the mentorship that they need. Whereas the GP mentorship will be someone outside of their practice, um, and so it has a slightly different twist for the two different groups. Um, but that links into signing them off for their cervical cytology and signing them off for um, different things in their portfolio. So what would you say if somebody was it they've kind of heard a little bit about the fellowship um, and they're getting interested in it what would you tell them to do next? Um, Well if they go on the Greater Manchester Training Hub website there is a section there designated to fellowships and there's application forms on there they can fill them in if you are already in a practice and your practice is happy to support this then that's one form to fill in if you haven't got a practice but you're keen um, to join this programme then if you complete it and tell us which uh, CCG areas you would like to work in we will then work with um, Kerry Porter from GM Health and Social Care Partnership to match you um, with a practice so that then everybody everybody wins. The one thing we haven't said actually is that you are paid one session a week um, for the two years as part of this programme. Um, it's not the same as a sessional rate, it is reduced. Um, for the GPs, that's on top of what you would get as part f- of your BMA model contract. Um, so that's not included within that, that's additional. Yeah. Very important. Yes, people will be wondering about that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, and so there's there's probably a lot of listeners out there that are hearing this and they're not within that kind of category of of the catchment of the fellowship. Uh, what do you think they might learn or what's the advantage for them to uh, for listening to these episodes, do you think? 
I think I think this is something completely new as far as the podcasts are concerned. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity for any of our practice nurses or any of the GPs to pick up on the different podcasts that we're doing, particularly with regard to leadership and, and the QI elements, because they are skills that we need. It doesn't matter what stage of our career, we, we always need those. Um, so I think, and even the remote working podcast um, again we all overnight learn how to uh, do our accuracies and send sick notes to phones and things um, and even as a as an old fogey GP even I managed to work it out but there's lots of top tips and things to share that I, I think the remote working session podcast would be valuable to anybody working in primary care mm. not just those new to primary care completely agree I'm looking forward to to hearing more <laughs> <laughs> definitely so you mentioned at the beginning about the uh, portfolio working. Do you have any idea what that would look like? So the, the idea is that after you've been in, in post for six months, you start to look at opportunities with your PCN of things to, to portfolio work. The one that jumps to mind at the moment is the care home dares, um, because that's obviously a, a huge piece of work that the PCNs are about to embark on. Um, but it's anything that you're, the, the beauty of the PCNs is it, it's, you know, it's your local health needs and your local population health. So it, it would be a great opportunity um, with your clinical director and, and your nurse lead to look at some a piece of work that might need to be done that might fit very well into an opportunity of one session a week. Um, the the criteria as far as NHS England say is that it needs to be a minimum of three months so that you get a decent amount of time to do something with a particular project. Um, yeah. And whether that's sitting in with the virtual ward rounds or the, to do with the medication reviews of the care homes, um, looking at the multidisciplinary team development within the PCN. Um, but the idea is that that should be an opportunity for you to sort of understand the wider primary care, um, but also understand your local um, population health needs. Yeah, that sounds excellent. So would that be part of your session? So there's one one session a week paid for is um, for that personal development and the portfolio working and kind of yeah. as the uh, fellowship year develops, what you do with that time will change. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so very much the, the first three months is, is your induction and getting to meet your mentor. The idea is that you should have touch base with your mentor for a minimum of one hour each month. But yes, as you start to build up your skills, um, and maybe you, your quality improvement skills might then give you some ideas to say to your PCN, look, you're talking about doing this. Why don't I do this? And that then gives you that that one session a week would give you that opportunity um, to be able to look at that particular project and maybe present it back to your network. But yes, you still have your mentorship um, going within that and the coaching is it, sessions are in year two. It, it, it is a portfolio of opportunities um, that you sort of weave through those two years. Amazing. Lovely. It sounds great as well. <laughs> so much exciting stuff happening across Greater Manchester. It's awesome. You all need to come and work here. <laughs> oh, thanks very much, Jill. That was lovely as an introduction. Yes, and we're very excited about the next year. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. 
Um, so it's always a pleasure talking um, to Jill and I'm really, really excited um, about these kind of additional episodes that we get to do this year going forward. Yeah, it's really, it's been really nice chatting to Jill and thinking about the episodes and sort of what we want to cover and what she wants to cover. So I think the ne- one of the first ones we're going to be hopefully doing will be about remote working, which would be really good. Yeah, especially at the moment because it just seems to be continuing, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think you're right. It's um, it's it's trying to think about how we can put a spin on on these episodes, um, so that the normal, maybe dry topics or things that are thought of as a little bit dry, we can make them a bit more interesting and and conversational, and hopefully people will find them as interesting as we will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like most of these things, I think just who's talking and the the things that they've done with their lives. It's really interesting, sort of following that progress and um, what opportunities have led to people being in different places so I think that would be really interesting yeah and even if you look at ourselves as a case study um, and the opportunities that we took in our in that last year of ST training um, applying for the then fellowship that existed at Wigan and and we've ended up doing this and it's become such a big part of our lives um, (laughs) and and who would have thought that at the time yeah absolutely yeah I love um, I think we were thinking about it as well that whole element of the peer support that you get So when I went from ST3 in general practice, I really wanted to keep an element of that peer support and also do some portfolio work to see, you know, what else is out there as well as general practice and that peer support that doing the fellowship gives you and the links are just amazing. So yeah, Yeah, I completely agree with you. If I was going back in time again or talking to myself again, I would 100% do a fellowship again. (laughs) Um, It was so much more of a rewarding year, I think, than if I'd have been just as you said into the big wide world of of general practice by myself yeah and it's amazing you get to see what other people are doing alongside it so just speaking to all the people we have and then seeing what the other gp fellows are up to it's so interesting yeah Yeah. it's fascinating isn't it but yes so we'll very much look forward to getting these out over the over the next year and and sharing them all with you yeah so if you want to get in touch with your thoughts there's several ways to do it you can tweet us and our handle is at pckb podcast Mm-hmm. And then I'm just looking at Lisa, who's nodding. Uh, and then our, um, our email address is primarycarepodcasts at gmail.com. Yep. And as we always say, we have our survey as well. Um, it's a link that we put in the episode description, completely anonymous, um, and it only takes a minute or two. And you can give us your thoughts on there as well. Lovely. Till next time on Primary Care Knowledge Boost. guys just a friendly reminder that these podcasts are for healthcare professional education and shouldn't be used for medical advice by the general public they were recorded in greater manchester in 2020 guidelines can vary by location as well as over time so always check for up-to-date local and national guidelines before making treatment decisions Uh, the content is based on our interviewee's opinion and interpretation of current best practice it's your responsibility to use your clinical judgment before applying or relying on information solely from this podcast Check out the episode description for full details and any links that we've mentioned in the episode.